Welcome, everyone. This is Michael Blue, and you've connected to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, the podcast, where we are cultivating makers and shapers of culture. Prepare for a riveting time in the principles and practices of the King and of His Kingdom. You are about to be charged, challenged, and changed. I know you're ready. Let's go. Let's pray, and then we'll move forward. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. We appreciate all that you are and all that you've done. We know that without you, sir, we are nothing because without you, we can do nothing. Father, we thank you so much for just how seriously and earnestly you handle us and you view us, you are mindful of us and you've purposed and planned us and purposed and planned for us. I ask that you would guide and direct your people today. All the professionals, Lord, those that would normally gather with us at 7.15 a.m., those who gathered with us this morning in this session and those who shall gather and even those who are not able to gather because of their schedules and those who will be a part of the replay. I ask you that you would let your hand of mercy and grace rest upon each of them. Use them for your service. Let them be ambassadors and emissaries, agents of transformation for the glory and honor of God. Let the spirit of God guide us this morning. Let the spirit of God direct us this morning. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. In the story of David versus Goliath, David versus Goliath, um, I had the privilege of sharing a talk on last Monday, a week ago today, at the beginning of the uh, the school year for the staff administration of one of our area school districts, uh, Florence School District 3. Uh, Dr. Commodore posted a little bit about it. And um, we talked about the fact that David did not accomplish the victory over the Philistines by himself. First, it was God, and God gave him victory over Goliath. The title of the lesson was one W-O-N by one O-N-E colon starter. That was the title of the lesson that we shared with them. And their theme is uh, the power of one. And so we talked about one being not only one, the individual, but also one, the unity of all of us together. David did not win the victory over the Philistine army. He won the victory over Goliath through the power of God. However, God made David the starter, that is the ignition that led to the rest of the Israeli army now rising up and pursuing and defeating the Philistine army. So David became the ignition switch. You'd have to listen back to get the whole story. But David became the ignition switch 
that God used to provoke the whole army into action. And many times God will use you or me to activate a group of people that have been demoralized, that have been discouraged, that have been disheartened. God can use you or God can use me to help motivate them to action. You see it? All right. But but so that was their lesson. That was their lesson. That that all of us matter. That that even though David was was considered least likely to succeed, even as in his own family, it seems. But even though he was voted out by man, he was voted in by God. And with God, you don't need but one other vote. And that's you. If God votes for you and you agree with God, the Bible says it this way. If God be for us, who can be against us? You see that? So uh, that's what the discussion was with them. But but here's the, uh, here's the thing that I wanted to say yesterday, I tried to say yesterday. And that is that when you reflect upon how they got in that situation to begin with, Goliath was the one who set the terms of this engagement. It was Goliath who made the suggestion, instead of our armies fighting, let's have one man representing each side fighting. And if our man wins, you become our slaves. If your man wins, we become your slaves. And we talked about the fact that Goliath is in this position by means of the power of Satan. And so in a real sense, it's not Goliath's idea. It is Satan's idea. It is a devil's dare. And whenever the enemy makes a proposition to you, it's designed with your defeat already scripted. Did you hear me? Anytime the enemy makes a proposition to you, you're always the loser. He's already fixed it for you to lose. When he makes a proposition, in his mind, you're a sure lose. You've heard of a sure win? He only makes a proposition when he thinks that you're a sure lose. And so what we were attempting to say to brothers and sisters is that you have to be careful how you accept a devil's dare. And if you're in a situation where you have been dared by the devil, you better make sure that you have the power of God on your side. Because God, God can defeat a devil's dare. Okay, and uh, so that's that's how that came up. Yeah, but anytime the enemy proposes something to you, why don't we do such and such? Why don't you do, well, anytime the enemy makes a suggestion to you, he's a master of suggestion, but anytime he makes a suggestion to you, you lose. Remember, Adam and Eve, hey, why don't you eat this fruit? You lose. And then he came to Jesus, who is the great, great grandson of David and made some devils there. If you be the son of God, uh, why don't you uh, turn these stones to bread? 
if you're the son of God, jump down from the temple. You understand? All of these are the devil's dare. Be very careful. Don't, he doesn't set the pace. See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the devil knows that if he can get you with a flesh and blood mentality, if he can get you with a carnal, worldly mentality, he knows he has you. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's more to it. There was even more to it than what we shared yesterday because our time uh, ran out. So, so, so just be careful about accepting a devil's dare. You understand? Oh, there won't be any harm in doing that. Why don't you try? I mean, you've grown after all. Why don't you go ahead and just try this? I mean, it's nobody's business but yours. After all, you owe it to yourself. See, all that's the devil's dare. Be very careful how you accept a devil's dare. Without God, you can't overcome it. So much for that. So much for that. Um, let's uh, let's go a little further. You know, this is the month of August. We have entered into the month of August. And uh, August is a picturesque month. It's it's got a number of observances. Some of them are those lighthearted ones in the summer that I mentioned. Things like admit your happy month, <clears throat> family friend, family fun month, um, golf, picnic, peach. All of these are lighthearted. Now there are some more serious ones. Um, water quality month. I exam month. So there are some that are uh, more serious. We do acknowledge all of you who are golfers. We acknowledge you. All right. Uh, then there's some weekly events that are noteworthy. Smile week, simplify your life week, friendship week, be kind to humankind week. All of that's great. Uh, this, this month is also Romance Awareness Month. That's good. Romance Awareness. As a matter of fact, today is National Girlfriends Day. And so to all of you who are girlfriends, God bless you. And to all of you who are married, brothers, as you know, your wife is your girlfriend. You're engaged, your fiance, wonderful. All right, that's great. So National Girlfriends Day, let's see what else we have here quickly. Uh, not much else this week besides the, the lighthearted ones, like tomorrow is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Um, I, must, I must give tribute to Wednesday. Wednesday is National Watermelon Day. Uh, the watermelon has been kind to me, so I, I do <laughs> I do acknowledge National Watermelon Day. Um, let's see. August fourth is Daughters Day. Uh, also, U.S. Coast Guard Day. We certainly acknowledge all of those um, 
who serve us in that regard. We acknowledge daughters. Thank God for them. Thank God for daughters. Um, let's see. All right. Again, a, a great deal of the lighthearted kind. And then Sunday is Friendship Day. International Forgiveness Day. Lighthouse Day. And Professional Speakers Day and also Sisters Day. So Sunday is is rather loaded. Friendship, forgiveness, lighthouse, professional speakers and sisters are all celebrated and highlighted August 7th. All right. So uh All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Listen. We're going to uh shift over now into <laughs> Pastor Sutton. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Dr. Bellinger, that is absolutely right. You just uh, <clears throat> uh, you just uh, platonic friendship in general is underrated in this last day or these latter days. Platonic friendships are underrated, but God still uh raises up platonic friendships and platonic friendships that that end up being closer than brothers and closer than sisters many times that's what the bible meant when it said there is a friend that stick it closer than a brother it when 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 that's originally written it's not directly referring to jesus quite naturally he is he is definitely uh the friend that stick it closer than a brother but in the Proverbs writing, what it, it meant primarily is that um, there are friendships that can be more engaging than even uh, blood relatives and more committed than even blood relatives. That, that was the, the humor of it, right? We're leaving that. Let's talk today continuing our discussion concerning uh, knowing one's assignment. Uh, Bishop Lambert, I see that you've joined us and I just stated to uh, Pastor Arnold that I appreciated the portion of the uh, lesson, the leadership development lesson that I heard from Saturday and uh, the assignment of the assistant. We're talking about assignment, so it certainly coheres. It certainly uh, goes along with what it is that we are sharing. All right. Uh, we've been talking about knowing one's assignment and the Bible character from whose life we've extracted principles is John the Baptist. In the book of John the Beloved, we read about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist in the 19th verse, 119, and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? 
He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. So notice that John the Baptist was cognizant of his assignment. So when these people came to him saying, are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you that prophet? He could say, no, 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 because he knew what his assignment was. And one of the key elements to knowing what your assignment, that is your God-given purpose, knowing what your assignment is, one of the keys is knowing what your assignment is not. That can be one of the greatest things that could ever occur in one's life when he or she is clear as to what he or she is not called to do. That's that's not always immediately um, that's not always immediately accessible to us because you can be surrounded by great things and and great options. And I want to say this, um, Chaplain Richardson, um, concerning um, our children. Now you you are one of my spiritual children, but I mean who are they would even be younger than you, uh, and and some of your peers as well. But I've made this statement that we are living in a time where our children uh, um, are in a place different. Bishop Larimore, it was good to see you yesterday, sir. Um, our children have, as it were, the inverse of the quote problem that 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 we and certainly our predecessors had. In many of our cases and those before us, the challenge was a lack of opportunities, a lack of options. For example, in the African-American community, if African-Americans were going to be professionals, uh, particularly maybe white collar professionals, there weren't but so many options, okay? They, they were going white collar. Listen, I believe in blue collar. I've got a blue collar right here, okay? So I believe in blue collar work. I'm just trying to make an illustration. If, if they were going to be a, a white collar worker, they were probably going to be a teacher, um, uh, a, a minister, funeral director, uh, a nurse. Very few of us were going to become doctors. The ladies could become nurses. So there were, and this is no disrespect to any other ethnicity. I'm trying to illustrate something that we had a lack of choices, a lack of, but, but you know what? Our children's challenges in this day, they have too many choices. So many that it almost becomes too many. It seems as if the challenge that our young people have in this day is <clears throat> they're choked on choices. Choked on choices. Too many options. Too many options. It's like TV. Some of you can remember, some of you can remember when we had ABC, NBC, CBS, and ETV, also known as PBS, to choose from on the television. And not all of them in many of our instances. But now we've got just a, a, an overwhelming number of channels that people can choose from to view TV. And so what do we do much of the time? And, and, and we even have the screens that can show several at one time, right? We're still not satisfied. Okay. But in those days when you had to get up and go to the TV and click, 
click, click. Often <laughs> the click is one or two times and that's it. Because it was all going to go off after a while. You follow that? So <clears throat> I want to say that um, these, these choices that are so plethoric um, consequently lead people to not know what their assignments are. Make it make it difficult for them to find who am I, what am I. So when you can eliminate some things, that's a blessing. When you can eliminate what you're not, that's a blessing. Well, in, in our lesson, we've been looking at we've been looking at um, several components of knowing one's assignment. All right, to know one's assignment is to know one's sender. John knew, according to. Uh, John chapter 1 and uh, verse 6, there was a man sent, <clears throat> sent from God, whose name was John. John knew that God had sent him in order for you to be the man, the woman that God has created you to be. You must, you must know that you are sent by God, that you're not an accident, that you're not a freak of nature that you're not just your parents' choice or not, but that you were created by God. You're sent by God. Secondly, that individual must know himself. In other words, know your sender first, know yourself. Proverbs 14 and eight says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. We need a grasp of our own identity, a grasp of our interests, a grasp of our strengths, a grasp of our weaknesses or our vulnerabilities, our history, all of those things. All right. So first, to know myself. Uh, to know my sender. Secondly, to know myself. Thirdly, to know my superior. That is, when I begin to move out into discovering purpose and, and functioning and producing, working, I must have respect for the fact that God has placed me under some tutelage, under some mentorship, under some guidance, under some authority, and, and, and there are a number of different purposes why he's placed me there. But the main reason he's placed me there is to condition me, to condition me as a learner, to condition me as a follower, to condition me as a supporter, at the same time, conditioning me as a leader, conditioning me in my gifting to be an initiator. All of those things happen while I'm serving under the grace and under the authority and under the a uh, prerogative of another person. God will not often bring your assignment to fruition until you have served to support the assignment, the God-given assignment of another person. And I don't just mean at a building that we call church. I mean in every aspect of life, okay? You are not going to be a parent until after you've been a child. Isn't that true? 
Nobody becomes a parent before he or she has been a child. And so it works in nature that we are assigned to someone else's assignment before we walk in the fullness of our own. And walk to that man or that woman who has this skewed perspective that he or she can fulfill God's assignment for himself or herself while bypassing supporting God's assignment on someone else's life. It simply doesn't work that way. It simply doesn't work that way. And to be under someone's tutelage or under someone's mentorship, or under someone's parentage, does not make you inferior in the sense of your nature. It simply means that your position in the structure, in the organization, in the system would be an inferior position. And that's good since I don't know much, since I haven't had much experience, since I haven't seen much, since I haven't been many places. You don't want to give me superior authority when I have not yet cultivated a superior sense of responsibility. You don't need to make me the CEO when I don't even know how to get to the uh, workplace on time. You don't need to make me the CEO when I don't understand uh, the structure and the, the intricacies of the systems and all of that. You, you understand? I, I don't need that. I, you don't need it, but I don't need it either. That's a whole lot of pressure for someone who has not been developed yet. <clears throat> and it looks different according to where you stand. When you are extremely young looking forward, when you're extremely young looking forward, it can seem as if it's a waste of time and a waste of energy and all of that. But with a little maturity, with a little maturity, you see the value of having had someone else in that place uh, over you in terms of the structure, not over you in value. We are all of the same worth. W-O-R-T-H, intrinsically. But we are different and we vary in work, W-O-R-K. All right. I know my sender. I know myself. I know my superior. So Joseph was promoted because Joseph tapped into the vision of his superior. Daniel was promoted because Daniel tapped into the vision of his superior. Elisha was promoted because Elisha tapped into the vision of his superior. David was promoted because he tapped into the vision of his superior. Ruth was promoted because she tapped into the vision of her superior. Esther was promoted because Esther tapped into the vision of her superior. The apostles were promoted because they tapped into the vision of their superior. Ladies and gentlemen, it's universal. It's universal. It's universal. If, if I am going to become the fulfiller of a divine assignment, I must be able to advance the assignment of that one who comes before me. 
one of the powerful things that we um, talked about last time, if you recall, is that we talked about the fact that when the superior, in John's case, when the superior showed up, his ultimate superior, the Lord Jesus Christ, when the superior showed up, his superior asked of him that which made him uncomfortable. In order for him to fulfill his assignment, he had to do something that made him uncomfortable, not morally. In other words, it did not violate any moral structure. So please make sure that you understand we're not talking about you committing sin. But your assignment can involve your being positioned in a manner that makes you uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because you have a sense of underqualification. Jesus told John, baptize me. And John said, you come to me? I know who you are. I'm not worthy to baptize you. I'm not qualified. You're the creator, I'm the creature. You're eternal, I'm temporal. You're sinless, I'm sinful. And you're going to put me in the position as the baptizer of you? Whenever you submit to the hand of a superior, that person can position you at times in a manner that will make you uncomfortable. Again, because of your own awareness of your shortcomings or your uncertainty of your ability or your capacity to carry something out. So yes, to fulfill the assignment of God upon your life at times will position you in an uncomfortable place. All right. Know my sender, know myself, know my superior. And I'll tell you what, I was so blessed in a certain meditation. I'm not going to go there because it'll take the rest of the time if I do. But I'm going to come back around to it with this uh, superior piece. I, I will give you this one, though, and then we'll go to the fourth one, which is my skills. Uh, to know my assignment is know my sender, know myself, know my superior. Four is know my skills. But before I leave the superior, um, in the case of, of Jesus, who was John's superior, he's John's superior and he's John's successor. He's John's primary successor. Okay? So that actually comes later in our list. I gave the last uh, item on the list as satisfaction, but really and truly, you can't be fully satisfied fulfilling your assignment if you don't know that there's a successor. So instead of there being a list of eight, technically, there'd be a list of nine with, with number nine coming out of number eight in a sense. But number four, know my skills. That is to know my gift set, to know my assignment. I need to be conscious of my gift set. Now, uh, John the Baptist is a prophet. He is a prophet. <clears throat> he is a teacher. And he is a baptizer. He is a prophet. 
and he is we know he's a prophet because in Luke chapter one, the angel of the Lord told his father and his father spoke further and said that he would be the prophet. His father said, and thou child, where is it? A 176 shall be called the prophet of the highest. So he's a prophet. He's a teacher because in Luke chapter three, when he's baptizing the people, they ask him, what does repentance look like to me? And he told uh, in verse 10, I can tell you that uh, <clears throat> there have been times when people sing a solo or uh, something else in the house of God and, um, and maybe they start coughing a little bit or they get choked. And so the devil all in my throat. No, the devil's not in your throat. That's just you just got phlegm and everything built up. Well, but the devil in these computers, no, he, he's not in the computers. We're just having, uh, we're just having uh, uh, reception difficulties. But I will say, it's always interesting to me how these things occur when we're tearing his kingdom down. <laughs> so uh, I think sometimes he will try to manipulate circumstances. All right. So, uh, let me wrap up, but I, I'll pick this back up on Sunday, Sunday, on Monday coming, God willing. Listen to this. Um, he is a prophet. A prophet is the individual who proclaims uh, the word of the Lord. He proclaims the word of the Lord. He proclaims the mind of God and he provokes the people to action. But then after having proclaimed and provoked, then as the teacher, he has to explain how I respond. How do I respond? You provoke me to action. You provoke me to do something. How do I respond to that? And then, of course, he's the baptizer. And that, that particular role that he has is a very precious role. Okay? Two things it does. Number one, it testifies that the person is repenting of his old life and that he is turning to God. He's turning from his old life and he's turning to God. That's precious. But secondly, his baptizing is the sign that God has given him. He said, keep baptizing because you're going to keep baptizing until you baptize the one who is the Messiah. You got to baptize them all. And as you baptize them, there's one that's going to have the spirit come upon him and remain. That's the one who will be the Messiah. Are you listening? And so he's, he's baptizing people and they're turning to God. He's baptizing people as they turn to God. He's baptizing people as they turn to God. But while he's baptizing, he's also watching. He's watching to see, is this the one? Is that the one? He's baptizing. Do you know what? The Bible said he didn't do any miracles. The Bible says he didn't do any miracles. John the Baptist. As far as healing, opening the eyes of the blind, it says he did no miracle. Now, now, God didn't say he didn't do any miracle. It was the comment of the people that John didn't do any miracles. It's the gospel of John.
John 10, 41. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. Here, here's what's interesting. John did not try to be Messiah. He knew his skill set. He knew his gift set. And he optimized those gifts that God placed within him. Listen, you might not believe it. You might not believe it. But the gifts that God has placed within you are and shall be enough for you to fulfill what he called you to do. So even though the Bible tells us to covet earnestly the gifts of God, the manifestations of God, and that's absolutely right, it doesn't mean become envious of someone whom God has given a gift set that's different from the gift set that he gave you. You don't have to become envious of someone and competitive of someone or with someone or against someone because you don't have the gift set that he or she has because God will make you adequate. God will make you sufficient. God will make you ultimately more than adequate and more than sufficient to fulfill his calling upon your life. You do not have to become envious of anyone else. You do not have to compete against and have uh, uh, angst and animosity and hostility against someone else. John did not make the lame to walk, the blind to see, the dumb to talk, as far as we can tell. Now, do I believe personally that something supernatural probably jumped off in John's life? Yes, because whenever you minister in the anointing, whenever you minister in the anointing, supernatural things will occur, even supernatural things that are not documented. For example, um, I've heard Bishop Jake say, um, he says that when he has his meetings, those great meetings like this last one of our loose that he's about to have in Atlanta, he said people have gotten healed miraculously, uh, supernatural deliverances and all of that. He said, he said, uh, those things happen in our meetings. He said, um, we don't advertise that because I can't promise that. I don't think that he was saying he can't promise that God doesn't heal and deliver. But what he was saying is that's not necessarily his main area of gifting. All right. And yet God has used him mightily. On the other hand, if your name is Benny Hinn, and God has sent you with a special healing anointing and a special healing ministry, then you do advertise, come and he will make you whole. But you don't advertise woman that are loose because that's not your area. You follow what I'm saying there? And so we need the Benny Hinn anointing and we need the Bishop Jake's anointing. Will women get delivered and, 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 and affirmed and validated in the Benny Hinn meetings? Absolutely. But because that's not his forte, he doesn't advertise that because he can't promise that. On the other hand, Bishop Jakes, uh, do people get healed and delivered in the woman that are loose meeting? Yes, but because that's not his forte, that's not his primary assignment, that that's not what he promotes. But because Jesus, Lord, I praise your name. I praise your name. Because Jesus is present and Jesus is the healer. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. I said, because Jesus is present and Jesus is the healer. Anywhere Jesus is, hallelujah. Anywhere Jesus is, healing is going to occur. Anywhere Jesus is, glory to God, the lost are going to be saved. 
anywhere the presence of God. Now we know that Jesus was here in the flesh in the days of John the Baptist, but anywhere the presence of God is, all of what God does can show up. But when you know your assignment, then that's the thing that you emphasize. That's the thing that you'll tend to highlight. And if that's what God is doing in one setting and he doesn't do it quite as prominently in your setting, as long as you know you're pleasing God, as long as you know you're seeking God, as long as you know you're fulfilling the call of God and the assignment of God upon your life, don't compete against anybody else. Now, Father, make me all that I'm supposed to be. Don't let me have any untapped potential. Don't let me have any dormant giftings. Don't let me have any dormant and unfulfilled capacities and potential that you desire to do in me. And I'm, I'm stymieing this. I'm holding it back. You really do want to do more miraculous healings through me. You really do want to deliver men and women and boys and girls through me. But I'm holding back because all I see is one side. That's the other piece of it. See, every one of you under the sound of my voice, you are multifaceted. You are multifaceted. There's more to you than one dimension. There's more to you uh, than, than one aspect. And so don't let the devil short sight you or cause you to be narrow in your perspective of what God has made you and what he's put in you, all right? But 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 even though he's put multifacetedness in you, there is typically one main work, thank you, one main assignment, which the rest of these giftings, the rest of these abilities support and complement. This is so good. We've got to leave it. But this is such a blessing. Listen, Lord... I ask you to help me to know and fulfill my assignment. Isn't that good? Man, man. You be encouraged, brother. You be encouraged, sister. I've got to let you go. It's been a blessing to be in fellowship with you today. There's so much more than I could say, but time won't permit. Um, but I think you got it. Matter of fact, look at some of your comments. Go ahead and say something in there. If you see it, go ahead and, and, and tell us what you what you're hearing, because there, there's quite a bit of preaching going on in this in this uh, <laughs> in these comments. But um, we by the grace of God, we will come back on Monday and continue this conversation. All right. Well, God bless you. Until we meet again, this is Michael Blue of the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals encouraging you to go forth today and lead. Make the name of Jesus Christ glorious. Make the career of Satan brief and miserable. Together, let us bring pleasure to Christ's heart and fame to his name. Until we meet again at the appointed hour, may the peace of our eternal, ever-living, ever-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, FKP, the podcast. If you'd like more engagement, click the link in the show notes to join like-minded professionals in the FKP Facebook group. Follow us at Bishop M.A. Blue on all platforms. Also join the FKP Weekly Conversation Live every Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Finally, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. May God bless you until we meet again.